You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Got a side hustle on the go. Why don't you Why don't you dial us in on on your side hustle, Broken Tippet? Like, I know you started this up with your good buddy Cam. Tell us kind of that journey, how that started, and and what you guys are up to. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um. So I met Cam uh, about ten, maybe ten, eleven years ago. He lives in Calgary, and uh, I used to live in Calgary for for about five years, and uh, we just kind of instantly clicked. Um, he was very passionate about fly fishing and, and as was I, so we would always, uh, we actually lived together, um, in a house with, uh, two other dudes. And so you can, you know, this was in our early, uh, early twenties. So a lot of fun was had in that house and a lot of drinking and, uh, camping and, uh, Cam and I would always go after work, go, go fishing and weekend trips. And we'd plan these, uh, you know, crazy excursions and, um, you know, for instance, like a few years ago, we, we, uh, took an eight day trip down the Yukon river targeting Arctic grayling, which wow. was, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, Love it. and all the way through, yeah, yeah. So all, and all the way through the, uh, you know, Southern, Southern Alberta, uh, rivers and streams. And, um, I'm a, I'm a still water guy myself. He's, he's the, uh, he's the moving water guy. So we've done a few trips back to BC, but, um, Broken Tippet, it just kind of started as an outlet for our fly fishing. Like we just started it last, uh, it was April 2021, so 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just started for like an outlet for us because we were, we just wanted something that we could share our stories and, you know, our travels, our experience and and hopefully pass on some knowledge to uh, to some people. Thanks for joining us today, folks. We are stoked to have Brandon King from Broken Tippet. Coming up next, we'll find out Brandon's fly fishing story. Just want to thank the top 10 cities for downloads this week. Number one slot was Los Angeles, California. Thanks, folks, for all the downloads. Really appreciate it. Chattanooga, Tennessee was next. Dutch John, Utah was was next, followed by Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Oswego, New York. Mount Vernon, Washington. Thanks, guys, for listening. Sydney, Australia. Morrisville, North Carolina, and Surrey, British Columbia. Brandon King is coming your way next. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com. Here's your host, Mark Hopley. You got a glass of something on the go there? I have a nice little glass of um, Basil Hayden's bourbon. Giddy up. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Um, How about yourself? I got a little bit of Cabernet Sauvignon going on. Um, Nice. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, I I do like that. How do you call it? Basil Hayden. I have bought that before. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of my, one of my favorites for sure. Um, I think that's yeah, the way we should start these things from now on. We talk about what we're drinking first, <laughs> and then we yeah. and then we just jump in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, well, thanks for doing this. Um, 
Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Um, I'm your host, Mark Hopley, and we're going to do what we always do, talk to people in the fly fishing space about uh, tying um, waters, patterns, kind of uh, on the water, off the water tendencies, and just about anything you can name in between. We have got Brandon King on the line from North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. He has Broken Tippet, which is an online blog. They also have a shop with some apparel, which we'll get into that. But an avid fly fisher. Hey, Brandon, thanks for doing this today. Thanks for sharing your time. Hey, Mark. Great to be on the show. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I like um, yeah, I feel I feel honored to be here with... Uh, I know you got a lot of passionate people, and you know to be included with some of the legends, it's... Uh, it's a, it's a good, good feeling. Well, I appreciate it. Your name's come up more than a few occasions. I kind of have these little hit lists where I just kind of go, oh, this, this guy or this gal's showing up a lot. And then, uh, when I start hearing from listeners or other people and they're like, you need to talk to Brandon, then, then that's usually what kind of tips. That's my tipping point. I get over the edge. And I'm just like, Hey man, what, what's going on here? So <laughs> why, why don't yeah. we start at the beginning, Brandon on the show? I always like to take it back to your roots when it comes to fly fishing. So why don't you walk us through your journey? How did you come to discover fly fishing in this, this, this crazy thing we all have come to love? Yeah, absolutely. Fly fishing for me actually started when I was four years old. Um, growing up, my parents had a truck and camper that they devoted strictly to camping and fishing. So my, my sister and I got to see a lot of the, uh, the back country growing up in the BC interior. Um, they had a little utility trailer with a 12 foot card topper kind of boat attached to it with uh, a little electric motor. And, and we would go up every weekend, every other weekend um, to forestry campsites within the interior. And I don't think we uh, ever camped at any provincial ones. So it was, it was kind of a, you know, a, a remote um, upbringing in the sense, I mean, like we lived in the city of Vancouver here, but, uh, sure. it was always nice to get, you know, get, um, uh, brought away to that side of the wilderness. So, so well, that's cool. So, I mean, there's so many awesome places to explore, um, in the province of BC and there's so many lakes, you can never hit them all. That's kind of a cool story. So you're out there, you're spending a lot of time on the water. If you had to look back and say, okay, this person kind of, um, mentored me along the way or this is a person that I've learned from a lot in my fly fishing path who, who would you look to to cite as uh, influences Brandon yeah I'd say number one would be my dad for sure um, I remember looking you know when I was a kid looking through the his tackle box and looking through all of his flies and I don't really know how to articulate it it's just kind of you just I looked at all these like you know the shrimp patterns the chronomid patterns the leeches the damsels and you're just I was blown away like this is this was super cool. And this is something that I needed to be, needed to be a part of. And he actually bought me my first fly rod when I was seven, hmm. um, which was a two piece Martin. I don't know if you're familiar with the, <laughs> Yeah, the I remember I had a Martin back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a nine foot six weight and I still have the rod today. Um, it doesn't get as much you know, use as it, uh, as it once did now with all the, you know, the new rods and stuff uh, yeah. that we, that we love to collect. Um, but yeah, I'd say my dad was definitely my, my biggest influence in, uh, in my fly fishing world. I don't, I don't like to slam companies, but I, I remember the Martin being like almost like a two by four to cast with a little, <laughs> a little more yeah, you're, uh, it was... you're bang on there. Um, it, there's a lot of other, you know, influences that, that come to mind as well. Like you think of, um, Brian Chan, Phil Rowley, um, 
BC Fly Guys with all of their amazing fly tying videos. Um, Don Freshy sport fishing on the fly. Like I, I still get goosebumps listening to that intro music on his uh, <laughs> on the uh, on the on his show there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, they're uh, I, that's a great show too. If you're into fly fishing, if you haven't seen it, uh, what are the initials? S S P O T F sport fishing on the fly. It's uh, basically if you've never been to BC, it's kind of a good walk around the province. A lot of still water, a lot of moving water, and uh, it's a pretty good way to get acclimatized, especially if you're coming up um, this way to fish. Uh, so I want to get some um, questions to your day to day, kind of get to know your tendencies off the water. Um, you ready for a few questions to kind of uh, get a feel for your neck of the woods? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk tunes, man. So you are heading out to your favorite, say, Stillwater in the interior, and you've got you got three, four hours of drive time. What is playing on the stereo? Yeah, I'm glad you asked this one. Um, music's a huge part of my fly fishing journey, uh, and it starts, you know blaring music in the car at 5 a.m. on the drive up. Uh, I got a Spotify playlist with about 400 hand-picked songs. Uh, and usually you just press the play button once and you just let that thing ride all the way through until the, the weekend's over. Um, <laughs> ACDC's, like ACDC's probably number one yeah. on that list. And um, yeah, to name another one, Tragically Hip, for sure, mm-hmm. Canada's band. Oh, yeah. uh, Pearl Jam, Metallica, Bon Jovi, Tom Petty, Pink Floyd, um, Led Zeppelin. So, yeah, music, music's a huge part of that. And um, even sitting around the campfire and having a having a glass of wine or a, yeah. a whiskey, and it's uh, it's a good feeling. And that's well, yeah, I, we're super super proud of that. There's nothing better than a really long playlist where you don't have to worry about coming up with new tunes and it's almost like radio because it's almost like you're hearing it for the first time when you get into those deep playlists eh? <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah what okay so one go-to fly pattern if you're headed to your favorite Stillwater, um you're reaching in that fly box more often than not what are you reaching for yeah um so i when i first started fly tying and, and this will be a good story for for later um I developed this uh, woolly bugger woolly bugger pattern that I that I keep using as a great searching pattern, and it's kind of it was the first fly that like I officially tied. You know when you start tying flies and you know you don't really get the knack of it until after like the five hundredth five hundredth fly that you tied. So uh-huh. um, this was one that I was I was proud of, and as I was sitting there tying it, it's nothing special. It's you know black marabou tail, crystal flash or flashaboo. Um, black peacock ice dub with a grizzly hackle and a copper bead. And as I was finished tying it, um, uh, you know, Copperhead Road from uh, Steve Earle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that song came on the on the playlist as soon as I finished tying this thing. So it's kind of been nicknamed the Copperhead Road. <laughs> I like and, it. And, uh, yeah, my all my friends uh, kind of point and laugh every time we're getting the rod set up and um, – uh, you know, everyone's deciding on what, what flies we're putting on for the day. And I always start with the, with the same one, the Copperhead Road. And, uh, you know, that's something that I really like. Okay. When you got a good fishing buddy or a group that you fish with quite often, you, I think we often come up with these not real names for our flies. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's based on, like you say, a song or a story. And, uh, we've got one called the Velvet Clink Hammer, which <laughs> I don't know where, where it doesn't look anything like a clink hammer, but, um, 
it's kind of cool when you can do that, especially when you're lighting it up and, and, and buddy says, what are you using? And you're like a copperhead road. And he's like, what the hell is that? But yeah, what is that exactly? And then you have to give um, them one. I, right? I tied it, I tied it on a jig hook this year, um, like a balanced kind of setup. So I'm, I'm looking forward to experimenting with that a little bit, uh, a little bit more as well. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Is that something you like to do a lot? Experiment at the vice? Yeah. The vice is, um, it's great for that. I mean, like there's so many patterns out there. Like you look at someone like, um, like Stanton Jack and his chronomids, like you can tell, you can spot his chronomids a mile away Yeah, and it's just, they're spectacular flies. So, you know, you kind of see, you know, great creators like that and like, I can make that or I can make something similar to that or change it up a little bit. And Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely fun to fun to play around with. How, how good are you at spotting your own patterns? I always like to ask tires that because for me, that's like, usually if you tied it, you'll recognize it. Yeah. You can tell right away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I mean like there's no like signature move on it, but you just, you just kind of know. Um, I was one of the first ones to, to tie flies in my friend group. And so I've, a lot of my buddies have, um, flies that I've tied and, you know, you can, you can tell which ones are working and that's, that's another good feeling is, uh, is when, was when your friends are asking for your hand tied flies or, or those are the ones that are making their day successful and productive on the water. Okay. So we're headed to the favorite spot. You got, you got uh copperhead road playing in the background. You got the copperhead road fly tying on your tippet. Um, where do you where do you get your fix when you're not fishing? Like, so, you know, is there a fly shop locally? Is there a, is it Instagram? Is it a fly club? Where do you get your fix when you're not on the water? Yeah. When I'm not on the water, I mean, the last two years have been kind of a, a strange year pandemic wise, as you know, um, we've, uh, my friends and I started like a, a fly tying zoom call every every Thursday. So, you know, you don't feel bad about having a couple drinks on the, on the, on the zoom call on, on a Thursday night. So that's been a lot of fun. Hey, wait a minute. It's Thursday night tonight. Am I cutting into that? You're, you know what? You're not cutting in, but you might get an invitation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got your Basil Hayden on the go there. That's uh... the, yeah. The Basil Hayden is a nice drink and it's a, it's accompanying me well, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> other than that, like local fly shops are a great spot. I love, uh, you know, visiting them Pacific anglers, one that's close to me. So we, we, I go down there quite a bit and, uh, you know, talk with the guys and I feel like you can, you know, you walk in there looking for a, a certain color of thread and you're, you're there three hours and $200 later. Yeah, I was in that store not that long back and it's, it's a great shop. Is there a shop in North van, like specifically close to your area or do you have to kind of cross into town? Yeah. High water tackles, um, a block, but a block away from me. Um, okay. so I, I always visit there when I'm, I'm in a jam on the bench and, cool. uh, you know, you ran out, run out of a hook or, uh, or something and make a trip there. Um, other than that, the, the Facebook groups, Stillwaters, um, that's a great, uh, great outlet for, for all of your, getting your fix on fly fishing. Brent and West do a great job there. Mm, yeah. I, it, if you, uh, if you fly fish at all and haven't checked out their website, Stillwaters on Facebook, it, it, I agree with you. It's, uh, it's just so well done. Um, and so much information on there, right? It's just, uh, 
it amazes me the patterns that people come up with and share and, and just, you know, um, the questions. It's just one of those, one of those groups that you just, you know, people are, it's good intentions and it's uh, passionate people. And I think they look after that really well, that site. Yeah. And you could be like a complete beginner and, you know, ask mm-hmm. these uh, softball questions and lob them up in the air and you'll get good answers for it. And there'll be like 25 comments, you know, about it. So, um, whether you're, a, you know, new to the sport or you're an expert, uh, it's, it's a great, great place for sure. I'm always good for floating these softballs out there and just, I joined this Tacoma group, right? So of course I asked the stupid question, what's the biggest tires I can put without a lift kit? And I just got <laughs> lit up. It was like, okay, I want to ask that again. Um, you haven't, you got a pretty nice Tacoma. You got that broken tippet green too. Yeah, man. I I'm loving it. It's, uh, it's good. I need to get it. Uh, need to get into some lakes here, though. Too much snow and on the ground. While we're also talking about getting your fix, your your podcast is a great uh, spot for that. I'm, a, I'm one of the. I don't know. I like to listen to a lot of podcasts, and yours yours always pops up. Well, I appreciate um, that. I do notice a few, uh, van, quite a few North Van lo- uh, downloads. So maybe, maybe that's you. I don't know. It might be me just repetitively just <laughs> tapping that button. Yeah. That's that one at a time. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love it. Um, fill in the blank for me, Brandon, when I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Oh man. Um, if I'm not fly fishing, what am I doing? Uh, I like to stay active and do a lot of things. So, you know, Vancouver, we're blessed with, uh, um, the seawall here. So I love taking the bike out on the seawall, uh, winter times. If I'm not on the bench, it's usually up on the mountain skiing. We live 20 minutes away from Cyprus. So we always buy a, a ski pass up to the mountain there. Uh, camping, traveling, lots of hiking, um, going to sports, watching sports, uh, restaurants, cooking, barbecuing. So yeah, always, always mm. active and always, always trying to do, uh, do something. That's for sure. I'm glad you hit on the sports thing. Cause I realized I forgot to ask you this. Now, when you're cheering for your team, what does that look like? Are we talking, Are we talking? hockey, football, basketball, baseball? Um, who do you cheer for? Yeah, I'm a sports fanatic, that's for sure. And you're not you're not gonna like my question or my answer to the uh, to the football one because I'm a Patriots fan, and I know you're a big Broncos guy. I thought you were <laughs> gonna say Raiders. Yeah, no, I yeah. <laughs> that's okay, man. I, hey, I, I don't I respect the Pats like you don't believe. I, it's that uh, the AFC Championship game. I think it was uh, 2016 when the Broncos beat the Pats. I still haven't really gotten over that. Yeah, I, I remember that well. But we didn't go anywhere that year, if I recall. Yeah, that makes it a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, How about so this year? How are you looking this year? It's looking pretty good. Yeah, Mac Jones, he's, uh, I mean, this is, Bill Belichick always runs a pretty tight ship. and uh, that's I love his a, interviews. Been, yeah, it's always one word. It no, was right? win, win, windy. It was windy. On to the next one, right? On to Cincy. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the defense has been unbelievable to watch this year. So that's that's been a lot of fun. Um, even... You know, sometimes you watch the defense more than offense, which is uh, not oh. usual for a Patriots fan to do. Well, it amazes me how fast you guys, they've turned that around. Like, I mean, basically last year, I'm just like, um, okay, this is going to be a while before they're back in the saddle. But it's, uh, like you say, when you got good coaching and good drafting and... <laughs> Good it's, practice squad uh, yeah. signings. And yeah, all it's stuff. it's quite amazing what what they're doing. So so who yeah. else do you cheer for other than the Pats? 
Yeah, so I'm a big, big hockey fan. Um, I grew up playing hockey, and uh, when I was, I think it was the 1998 Nagano Olympics, uh, watching Dominic Hasek uh, flop around like a carp in the mm-hmm. bottom of a boat. Um, flop around uh, like a carp. That's a that's a that's a new <laughs> analogy. I like it. It's very true, though. He's uh, he has a very interesting playing style, and, and he he was my idol growing up for the world of sports. So I was a big Buffalo Sabers fan, and then he got traded to uh, the the Red Wings, and right. I became a Detroit fan. And then you know his career kind of fizzled out, fizzled out after that. So I ended up settling with the uh, the San Jose Sharks. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of a random choice, I know, but uh, the big uh, the big Sharks always played a we're, we're a special part of, of uh, I guess, my childhood growing up as well. So, um, yeah. But probably yeah, a new franchise, too, when you were younger, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you, it uh, sounds to me like you follow players. So are you also a Bucks fan? Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I, le- I learned my lesson after the Dominic Hasek uh, thing, so I'm, I'm a Pats fan, true and true now. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, besides that, Red Sox. Uh, I love the Boston Red Sox. I watch uh, watch a lot of F1 as well. Really? And, uh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, something Arsenal, I, I, don't hear, I don't hear a lot about F1 in North America, and I know the, uh, the fans of that are really avid, but um, it always seems like a European thing to me whenever I talk to anybody. But It's a, it's a really fun sport to watch, and yeah. um, well, a hey. lot of strategic things in it that most people, I think, might not, uh, might not get right away. You, oh, I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of nuances in that. Racing is nuts for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can shave one twenty-fifth of a second off your tire change. You're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You said it. Um, I also have white cap season tickets, so soccer's uh, soccer's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Arsenal over in in England would be my team, but yeah, the white caps have been uh, have been good here. How about this World Cup qualifying we got going on here? There's some exciting games coming up this month. Oh yeah, Canada's been uh, it's been unbelievable to watch Alfonso Davies. Cool. <laughs> he's 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 been pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I kind of haven't watched a lot of soccer until um, the last year and watching what that guy can do. I'm like, where did he come from? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it sucks. You in for sure. Um, hmm. it's, it's a lot of fun. Let, let's talk, um, jobs. Best job you've had so far. Are you doing it right now? Yeah, I would say so. I've been with my, uh, my current company for 10 years. Um, so Broken Tippet is, uh, it's been a passionate side hustle that started recently, but, uh, the company I work for, uh, I'm a sales rep in the downtown area for a food distribution company selling to, uh, restaurants and hotels, meat and seafood. Mm-hmm. So, uh, dealing with chefs on a daily basis is, uh, is a lot of fun and, and they're, a, they're a very passionate group of people. So, um, <laughs> yes, yes, they are. As I'm sure you know, right? A wine, a wine maker. You got uh, a good yeah. establishment there, so we do. Well, we do lots of dinners with with chefs from all over the North America, and I'll tell you, yeah, chefs are a rare breed. They're you, you. It's hard to find people more passionate than a chef. I saw a little picture on Instagram the other day of you having dinner with uh, with Vikram Veej. How did that? And that was that, was that was awesome. It was the food was amazing. It was. Um, yeah, it was next level. So we're, we're really fortunate. We had kind of a, a window with all the craziness going on and, and a green light. And uh, we just did kind of a, it was our wine club for the winery that I work at. And uh, yeah, uh, right on. it was really cool. Uh, what a nice guy. Just uh, amazing chef and just uh, a real 
big heart, you know? So, yeah. 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 Hey, Mark, I was going to ask you, um, Shoot. as I've, I've obviously listened to a lot of your podcasts on here, uh, I would like to hear a little bit more about you, if that's okay. But Sure. What do you want to know? I mean, uh, like what's your, what's your favorite go-to fly? Uh, you, you know what, as much as I, one fly to pick. if I had one, I'm all about the chronomets, like 90% of the time I'm fishing chronomets, but mm-hmm. I gotta say though, if I had one fly for me, it would be a balanced leech. It would probably a, a black and blue bruised balanced leech, you know, 10 foot under an indicator on a drop. Um, be, it works when, what I find is, was we always get excited to get out. We hit, we hit the water early, so the ice is just pulled back, and we all want to start with the chronomids, but normally nothing's really pulling off. So that's when I, you know, shrimp patterns or leech patterns, but for some reason I really find early on they just can't resist those leech patterns, and um, and that's one that I'll fish from ice off to ice on, and uh, it, it works. At black and blue would be my color. That's... Uh, that's so kind of like a straggle leech, kind of like a vampire kind of thing, or is it... Uh, um, it's a little more of a, we used to call them a Chicago. Like a semi-seal. Yeah, it's it's almost looks like it could be a caddis pupa. It's that brushed kind of um, brushed dubbing yeah, yeah. look, okay. you know? So it's kind of nondescript. It could be a dragonfly. It could be a leech. It could be a caddis, um, you know, casing. Uh, depending on how you fish it, if you fish it close to the bottom or you fish it just off the weeds, but um, fish love it, and and that's uh, that's never too far. Uh, my buddy always ties that on first, and uh, no no matter what time of year, just about so, and it's it's a it's a fly that I've come to love. But you know when the chronomids are on, they're on. But th- th- for some reason, that that black and blue bruise just does it for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a special feeling when the chronomid hatches on and you're. Uh... You know, you're, you're, you're diving head first into something and it, it's hard to that. explain that to somebody that hasn't experienced it. Right. Like, it's like that it's, first oh, time totally. you, you, you get that. It's like, well, what am I doing? And and you think it's going to happen all the time, which it doesn't, but, um, we've been known to look for them in the middle of summer too, in real deep water. Just, it's just, it's so addictive. And, uh, something about watching that indicator drop, it's, yeah. uh, you could sit out there for hours and it's when you get, when you get going, it's, it's usually one after the other and it's, uh, what type of indicator cool. do you use? Do you use like, um, uh, one of those pin ones that, that kind of pop out when you get the strike or do you use, uh, yeah, the, adjust- the, pin, the pop out, um, yeah. I always put that little pin, um, you know, t- facing towards the water. So you get more of a complete indicator sitting on top, if that makes sense. So it's kind of yeah. like, looks like it's upside down. Do you like the round ones or the kind of torpedo kind of teardrop shaped ones? Yeah. I've, you know what, on the, on kind of a windy day when you have that perfect, uh, chronomid chop on the water, I like to use the, uh, kind of the tear, tear shop or, uh, the teardrop ones. Yep. Um, if it's a little bit more of a, you know, calm water and the water's like glass and I tend to switch over to, uh, the round, but I, I don't really have a preference. I don't think, I think that, you know, both kind of do their, do their thing. How about, how about you? Uh, honestly, I've kind of, I used to always use those teardrop ones, but I've gone to the round ones lately for some reason. And, mm. uh, orange, it's been that bright orange color. It's either orange or chartreuse for me. Do you have a yeah, favorite no, color? An orange, guy. Orange. orange as well. Yeah. It's funny how in certain lights, certain different different ones show better. 
I've even found white can work sometimes quite well, but I, Ooh, I you almost it. you get superstitious, right? It's like, okay, this works for me, so I don't want to go too far <laughs> off. Well, you're you're used to seeing it, right? You're used to seeing that color drop. I find, and uh, yeah, yeah, and, you just kind of stick with it. And even better when you don't see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> bobber, bobber down. When it's bobber down. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> um, so let's. I know the the best job you've had. So what you're doing today, you're doing your delivery service with Inner City Packers. Um, you, you've also got Broken Tippet, which we're going to talk about next because I know you got a side hustle on the go. Why don't you Why don't you dial us in on on your side hustle, Broken Tippet? Like, I know you started this up with your good buddy Cam. Tell us kind of that journey, how that started, and and what you guys are up to. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um. So I met Cam uh, about ten, maybe ten, eleven years ago. He lives in Calgary. And uh, I used to live in Calgary for, for about five years, and uh, we just kind of instantly clicked. Um, he was very passionate about fly fishing, and, and as was I. So we would always, uh, we actually lived together um, in a house with uh, two other dudes. And so you can, you know, this was in our early, uh, early 20s. So a lot of fun was had in that house and a lot of drinking and uh, camping. And uh, Cam and I would always go after work, go, go fishing and weekend trips, and we'd plan these uh you know, crazy excursions. And, um, you know, for instance, like a few years ago, we, we, uh, took an eight day trip down the Yukon river targeting Arctic grayling, which wow. was, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, Love it. and all the way through, yeah. Yeah. So all, and all the way through the, uh, you know, Southern, Southern Alberta, uh, rivers and streams. And, um, I'm a, I'm a still water guy myself. He's, he's the, uh, he's the moving water guy. So we've done a few trips back to BC, but, um, Broken Tippet, it just kind of started as an outlet for our fly fishing. Like we just started it last, uh, it was April 2021, so 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just started for like an outlet for us because we were, we just wanted something that we could share our stories and, you know, our travels, our experience and and hopefully pass on some knowledge to uh, to some people. It, it took us even a like a month just to come up with the name Broken Tippet and uh, I don't know if you want to get into how that started or not. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's um, say, man. yeah. So broken tip, we wanted to kind of pass on small tidbits of information or, you know, broken tippets, if you will. And, um, so it, it was, uh, we probably had a, a list of like 200 names and I was actually, he came up with a name and I quickly vetoed it only to uh, come back on it about a month later. I'm like, you know what? broken tip it's got a kind of a catchy ring to it and you know it kind of goes back to um catching a fish that your tippet just might not hold so it uh it worked and the company yeah the the company escalated quite quickly um and uh we decided that we're going to get into the apparel line so we started making uh t-shirts and hoodies and uh, long sleeves with uh, with our logo on it, and we worked with a, a local um, kind of designer here, and he helped us out with that. And then we got into the blogs and tying videos. So it's uh, it's been a really a really cool journey. Um, we wanted to provide or make we wanted to make fly fishing a little less intimidating and impri- and provide resources for both beginners and uh, even experienced fly fishers at the same at the same time. So. Hmm. That's cool. You know, I, I really do get a kick out of a lot of these, um, you know, 
these young companies that are coming along with with uh, gear and hoodies and sweatshirts because they're unique, right? It's not like you know, it's not a there's nothing generic about it. So, um, who, who designs the the logo? Is that your good buddy, or is that one of your friends out in, in Calgary, or? Who? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we worked together on a bunch of them and we kind of spitballed a bunch of ideas back and forth and, um, we, we landed on a few, like we'll continue to add to it, uh, throughout the year and kind of come up with new ones, uh, new ideas and stuff like that. But, um, we want people to be proud to wear our gear and, you know, and stand for what we believe in, which is like always learning and, uh, sharing and supporting, um, conservation and, you know, exploring back roads and in pursuit of, productive lakes and pristine rivers so Ooh, i like that quote exploring back roads in pursuit of productive lakes and productive rivers <laughs> that, yeah, uh, yeah that speaks to me um so talk to me about the blog so um what do you get out of doing the blog because i think i think there's a lot of people probably listening to this that think you know it, it might be kind of cool to do something like that what, what's that journey been like for you yeah, um, neither of us are writers by by any stretch of the means, so it's been that's been another new uh, thing that we've that we've uh, taken on. Um, it's been good. Like we just kind of started as sharing our, our favorite flies, and you know, we not only is it just a, a tying video, but it's also how to fish them, and you know what they imitate, and and yeah, different techniques to fish them, and also uh, variations that might work in different conditions. So um, a lot a lot goes into it. Um, same with stories and, you know, we will get into product reviews and, uh, best practices and, and tips for different fishing styles. Do you find it easy to come up with original material all the time? Because that, that's something I always struggle with on the podcast. It's like, okay, I, you know, you get somebody different on, it's their story. So there's all these kind of rabbit holes, but it, um, do you have to put your thinking cap on or is that something you call up cam and kind of bounce stuff off back and forth? <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely bounce a lot um, off each other. And even though we live a thousand kilometers uh, away from each other, we're still on the phone, you know, either texting or, or calling each other almost daily. Um, there's so much content out there that you can't really, you know, you know, say that you've created anything. But, you know, all we can really do is just share what uh, share what our experiences and and, uh, and and hope that our audience and, you know, our supporters will uh, will appreciate that. So, um, what's, what's coming in 2022 for you guys? We're starting a new year here. We've got some new blogs coming out. Have you got some new products to tell us about? Um, um, talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. We got, uh, so hopefully it's an exciting year. We'll get lots of, we've got a couple trips planned. Um, we got an eight day trip coming up in June to the caribou. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We've, uh, I've personally never fished there yet. So, um, looking forward to that and you know even watch looking at instagram and seeing some of the some of the trope that uh that come out of that region or there's pretty pretty spectacular so um that's going to be great we also uh we're going to try to get into um a fly box with our custom logo on on it so that'll be good and as well as a custom like a signature series fly so like a still water box and cam will provide uh a river river box as well mm, good stuff it's kind of cool that you both kind of have passion on, on both sides so the moving in the still and then you can kind of 
Um, I'm sure you can cover a lot of bases and that also gives you a lot more material. I mean, you're not, you're not going to run out. You guys get into any Euro nymphing or any of that stuff. Is that something Cam does? Yeah. Cam, Cam does a lot of that. Um, I haven't really dabbled in it too much, but I know that, uh, when we, when we do get together, if it's going to be a, a river trip or whatever, um, you know, whatnot, he's, he's always teaching me something new. So <laughs> mm. it's, uh, it's great on the rivers and you'll have to get him on, on the show cause he's, He's an absolute hoot to talk to, and and I think you'll have a you'll have a good time with him as well. Yeah, we'll do that, man. You can help me set that up for sure. Take you up on that. Um, yeah. Have you had anything weird or wonderful happen to you in your time on the water? Um, I always like to ask this. You know, like, is there any crazy wildlife stories you've had or bizarre fish stories um, that, that come to mind? Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention was I got a fly tying kit when I was thirteen around 13 years old and I, I never, never really used it up until, uh, you know, the last, last, uh, you know, several years here. But, um, one October we were on, and I don't want to name drop any lakes, but this one's kind of a popular one. So I think it's okay. Roche Lake in, uh, yeah, green, in the Kamloops green light. area there. Sorry. I said green light. That's green light. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, if, that, that if it's okay. a small lake that nobody knows, I always yeah. edit the crap out of it. But yeah, a lot of people know that that one. Yeah. So we were on. I was on Roche Lake in October. So we were we every uh, every Thanksgiving. There's about eight guys in our family that uh, you know aunts and cousins. Um, like my dad goes to that, and uh, we rent a cabin there. And uh, every Thanksgiving, so my cousin and I were in a boat. And we were having a great day. It was, um, you know, fish after fish and it started snowing. So inside the boat, there was about an inch, inch or two that had accumulated inside of it. And he stood up to grab a beer as we were on our way back to the cabin. Um, so we were just kind of doing like a slow troll back to the cabin as we were, you know, making our way in and he, he gets up and, his feet kind of get flicked, flicked out from underneath them. Um, so he falls in and luckily he had a life jacket on. So I'm trying to get him to kill the engine and um, I'm trying to pull him up. And the next thing I know is that the water is starting to pour into the boat itself just from me trying to oh, you know, hoist man. him up. So boats filled with water, it capsizes. Both of us are in the water. And I lose, well, him, him included, um, all of our fishing gear, rods, tackle boxes, everything, uh, cooler filled with beer, everything goes straight to the bottom. Wow. Um, and you know, like I said, we're in, we're in October and it's snowing out. So that water, it's not warm. It's, uh, it's freezing water. And luckily enough, another passerby notices what, you know, what happened and, uh, he came and rescued us and we were both, uh, you know, just shivering, just, it was ice cold. Hmm. Um, so we, we, we made it up, but yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty crazy, pretty crazy story. I think for people that don't, don't do a lot of cooler water fishing, once you go in there and it's not much above freezing, you don't have a lot of time. It's, it's, it gets pretty serious pretty quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we were lucky to jump up on the capsized boat, like as it was turned over and, kind of signal for help from there we were debating like do we swim back to shore like what you know what, what do we do here um how good did so, that campfire feel to warm up or whatever you had to do <laughs> yeah the, it was it was a lifesaver for sure get the warm oh. sweatpants on but uh what i was going to say is like after 
after the tackle box sunk, that was, you know, most of my flies at that point were, were all store bought. Um, so I never, I was never a fly tire up until that point. And after losing everything, I decided, okay, now's, you know, now's the time for me to get into fly tying. Uh, I actually hired a scuba diver the next summer to try to, um, you know, try to retrace the steps of where we capsized and see if they could find anything. But, uh, you know, you know they nope. didn't, but <laughs> you really wanted that. You really wanted really that Martin back. The rod. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone ever catches a rod in Roche Lake, what kind um, of rod? It was a, it was a TFO. It was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it was a rod I had for a while, nine foot five, but, um, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) you know what? It's amazing to me how often that has happened or just imagine a lot of these lakes like that's a popular lake, but a lake like that, how many fly rods do you think are in the bottom? There's probably hundreds, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean like besides that, uh, you know, seeing bears, loons, um, loons taking your fish, you know, just watching an osprey come down and, and eat a fish is a pretty spectacular sight if you can witness that. Um, you yeah. know, we've, we've been with popped, uh, float tubes and lost fins, um, flies on the back, back of your head from a windy, a windy cast. So yeah, there's, <laughs> there's some funny stories that have yeah. come off the water and that's half of fly fishing, right? Like sitting around after the, after the day and around the campfire and kind of laughing at what happened. And, you know, we're lucky that we can laugh about these moments and, and share these stories for sure. Part of me thinks, Brandon, that if we couldn't relive those things, we wouldn't be having any fun at all. Because that's where I think with your good fishing buddies, that's where those good laughs come in. It's like, you remember that time that you're like, oh, yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's actually a good, I don't know if you, do you keep a log book? Um, like um, a fly fishing log book when you, when you go out? Honestly, I don't. I did maybe 20 years ago, but I, I got a little lazy and... Um, I think I'm going to remember these things, even though the truth is I really don't. You never um, do. No, no. But some people are better at it than others. But no, is that something you do a lot of? Yeah, yeah, I we do for sure. Like my every time we go out, I, I have one that I keep, and uh, it's it's great to look back at because you can say, okay, you know, we're fishing in. It's June fifteenth, and what were we doing around this time last year, and what was working, and what wasn't yeah. working, and what were the weather conditions like, and what depth were we at, and it's it's also fun to have something um, tangible on hand that you know tells you that you catch more fish than your friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially if it's a lake that you've been to before, so you can reference that. Say this lake when it's sixty-seven degrees, this color chronometer, or 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 this damsel pattern was peeling off and that that to me is when you can really you know not to say it's going to happen to the to the moment but you usually have a pretty good idea what you should be throwing on yeah 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 no it's uh it's always a good point of reference to go back to and so I, i'd highly recommend um uh, keeping a log book and it's you know it only takes a few minutes just to quickly you know after a day and we always it kind of it's, it's funny for us because when we go out with my uh with my friends, it's that's how we kind of end the day. It's like, okay, so what happened today, right? And you're mm. you're kind of recapping it, and that's cool. Uh, yeah, I like it. That's a good tip. Um, I'm just had a little brain cramp. I was going to ask you something related to that. Uh, you know what I'm curious about is is how much are you into entomology? Like, so once you started fly fishing, you're doing your own patterns. You guys have your blog. You've got broken tippet. How much has the entomology kind of taken over uh, your interests? 
Oh, it's it's been absolutely massive. I'm not uh, an entomology um, genius by any means, like, uh, but I, I feel like I know enough of the basics to to get me by for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I like to uh, I definitely like to dive head first into a lot of things and and take things on um, uh, at a hundred percent. And entomology was a huge a huge portion of that. Like, especially when you start getting into it. Um, learning the retrieves and, you know, how, how slow does a bayfly nymph actually crawl? And, you know, um, if you look at like a dragonfly nymph and like, uh, casting out from the, the shoreline, casting out into the, you know, past the drop-off point or whatever, and, and retrieving that back up to imitate what the dragonfly nymph actually does. It's, it's, it's really special to, uh, to do that. And even if you don't catch any fish, I remember the first time <laughs> but I'm sitting in the, on the shoreline casting out and you feel, you know, you feel super cool. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm imitating this and this is exactly what they're doing. Why, why am I not catching fish or, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like for me, that's a, that's a big part of it. The entomology, it, it, I think it would amaze a lot of people that aren't into fly fishing, know nothing about it. But when you actually talk to a lot of fly fishers that frequent rivers, frequent still waters, you notice things, you notice little things like that. Uh, a lot of people might not notice. It's like, Oh, there's a mosquito. No, that's not actually a mosquito. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's a cloud of midges that's coming off. Give me my crony rods. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, it's just a different and way of looking at te- it. It teaches you different, um, you know, when you take a stomach, I, I don't like to use the word stomach pump, but uh, throat, throat, sample. throat sample. Yeah. I do the same. I always say yeah. stomach. I don't um, know why throat sample. If you're going to the yeah, stomach, well, you're probably going too far. <laughs> exactly um you know when you when you when you get a sample back and you're you're looking at you know daphnia um you know they tend to be more towards the bottom or you see bloodworms in there you know you need to adjust your your indicator and, and throw on a bloodworm uh pattern and get that thing as close to the bottom as possible so um knowing a little bit about the entomology and which which hatches you're uh you're you know you're anticipating at different times of the year is um, is definitely a crucial step in being a successful fly fisher for sure, uh, especially in in still water. What would you say to somebody that's just getting going in the fly fishing space? So they're just trying to figure it out, and they're, um, you know, did you start rolling the odd rock or kind of looking at uh, you know some foliage on the shore or on the on the side of a river? Like when you approach a water, what would you tell somebody when they're getting into this game? Yeah, it's especially important when you're when you're starting out in a new environment. So if you're going to a new lake for the first time, um, you know BC is we're, we do a great job of uh, stocking reports. I think first and foremost, um, knowing what kind of fish you're going after, whether it's a panask, blackwater, um, kind of gives you a piece of that puzzle that you're kind of creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to the water and you're you know, I, I heard something the other day, I think it might have been from Phil or Brian, um, saying about looking in spider webs, you know, on the on the shoreline. Um, yeah. yeah, flipping over rocks and seeing seeing different things. Are there is there bird activity um, that might indicate something? And, you know, most, most of the time, you know, hatches and stuff like that that you see from a visual aspect don't really get going until, um, you know, late, uh, late morning, kind of early afternoon depending on the time of year, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's very important for sure to, to take note of that. Even there's so many steps to, 
to put that puzzle together before you even get uh, get going. How how much have you noticed your fly fishing improve when you kind of started paying attention to the entomology and you started kind of going down these rabbit holes, doing your blogs, um, spending time at the vice, like that learning curve. Like I'm always curious, like um, for you personally, has that been a real kind of skyrocket of a learning curve or is it a kind of a, you know, you're always picking up some new tidbits here and there. I mean, it never seems to get dull. It's, it's, no, it's, it's absolutely huge. Um, you know, when you, after everything you've learned, like whether it's on the book in, in a book, sorry, or, or online, uh, or even in the field, you know, taking, um, like the throat samples and, and bringing those pictures back to the vice and imitating something, you know, maybe my damsels don't look quite right or, Hey, I missed out on this chronomid color this year. Let's tie, uh, let's get a few more of those in the fly box. You know, that's something I think a lot of people that I talk to that are new to tying don't do. They go and they copy other patterns, which is fine because that gets you, if somebody's fishing a pattern that works, you know, it's going to work. But I love it when I take, like you said, you go to your reference points on your phone and you look at, okay, this is what was in this sample. Let's try and tie that. Cause that to me is when you can get really creative and come up with something different. It's funny though. Like you think of, uh, you know, like let's take chronomids for example, and and you finish tying one on the bench, and you look at it, and you're like, oh, it has six ribs, <laughs> it doesn't have the seventh rib, or um, oh, I didn't really like whip finish this one. There's a little piece of thread hanging out. No, this one's no good. It's like the fish yeah. don't care. No, exactly. They're not counting the ribs. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> but it's something in your mind, right? That you're just like, ah, this one's not good enough. But like, it's not good enough for who? For Instagram? For yes, for that's... social media? Or is it? Is it? not good enough for the fish like where's where that line right that's a really good point because we do get caught up in that but i also think that's mm. what makes us better as tires because i always like to talk about that kind of throwaway box where you tie this fly and you go eh, it's not going in my box and then, this one's going to a friend <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah poor poor bastard but if you if you look back and 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 you start looking at the things that you are no longer happy with now you would have been putting those on on some tippet you know, two years ago. It, it, oh yeah. hundred percent. Your, your fly tying gets better, um, with every thread wrap, I think like once you kind of, yeah. you, you dial it in. I mean, I kept my, um, the first like six or 10 flies. Um, I just, I put them away and, you know, I'll look back on them you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now. And, uh, it'll be, it'll be a site for sore eyes, but you'll see how far you've come. Um, well, I'll be looking for that that uh, Copperhead Road uh, pattern in Fly Fusion in a few weeks. <laughs> I, I don't know if it'll get there, but I, you, know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, man, you never know is right. Why don't you put on your artist hat, Brandon, for a second for me? Because this is something I always like to go down this road. Paint your picture of your perfect day. So if you're heading out, um, the snow is going to magically melt. It's going to be, you know... April, May, things are starting to happen. You're heading to your favorite spot. Walk us through your dream day. What, what does that look like? Um, my dream day. My dream day is more of a, a dream weekend. If I can, uh, if I could spin it that way instead. Um, it starts weeks back. It starts months back with planning. Um, you know, like I said, checking checking stock reports if it's a if it's a new lake. Um, researching, you know, we're definitely an advocate for uh, the back road map books and 
Um, I prefer, I prefer to do things old school with, a you know, with a map and even a compass as opposed to, uh, Google maps. Um, I would say it, it would, it would probably be a fall day or, or early spring. Um, and there's always like this buildup of energy. I don't, I don't really know how to, um, how to say that, but it's just like, there's this, it's like waking up on Christmas day when you know that you're going fishing or leaving for fishing a fishing weekend the next day. Uh, you know, the, I love to wake up early. So those, those 5 a.m. wake ups before a trip and, you know, you got the day off, maybe you take a, a Friday off so you can wake up early and, and head out. There's always a tradition uh, with me and my buddy to hit triple O's breakfast in the morning. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the tunes start, you know, even it doesn't matter how early it is. The tunes are loud. The, the rock and rolls, the rock and rolls going, um, long drive on the logging road. You get into camp. No one else is there. It's a remote lake. Um, you get the camp set up, you get the tarps set up, your, your tent, you get the firewood going. Um, then you get the gear set up. So you get your rods, the boats. Um, I love to get on the water early and, uh, cruise around, find out, uh, you know, check out different shoals, drop off points, um, seeing if you can see any fish activity, you know, catch a couple fish, get a throat sample see what the fish are, you know, we'd be chasing panask for sure. I love the way those fish fight and jump. Um, yeah, 10, maybe 10, 11 o'clock, you start getting the chronomid hatch and you anchor down in a spot and just stare at the same set of trees for, for a few hours and, <laughs> um, go in and have lunch, which is always like a nice homemade chili or even like a hot dog or smoky or something and get back out in the water as soon as possible. Um, yeah, fish fish until dark, and you know, hear the loons. The loons. Hopefully, they, the loons aren't uh, you know pestering you to um, <laughs> steal any fish. But they always know who to follow, don't they? Those loons. Yeah, they don't follow me much. But yeah, no, I, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. That you want to hear them, but you don't want to see them because you know yeah. they're going to spook the heck out of the fish. And you want to you want to enjoy fighting that fish and you know playing playing with it and letting it run and stripping it back in. Um, you know, maybe we get into some dry fly fishing towards the end of the day, a, a little late hatch going on. And, and then, uh, then we're sitting around the campfire, we're playing lots of, uh, lots of card games, crib, um, especially tons of crib games, uh, cook a nice steak dinner, um, whiskey, beers, wine, and, uh, that rock and roll still going in the background. So, yeah, I, I would like lots of laughs, and it's just that's my that's my perfect perfect weekend getaway for sure. I like it, man. That's uh, that's I think that's a fairly common one in in our neck of the woods. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right there with it's you. Special, it's special, absolutely. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, good stuff. Is, is there? I want to ask you something kind of a little philosophical, and I. This is this can go a lot of ways, but I always like to find out in your mind when you look at the the fly fishing space, what we're doing out there. Are we in a good spot right now? Is there anything you think maybe you'd like to change? Is there anything we could be doing better? Um, kind of where do you think we're at in in the fly fishing space right now? Yeah, good question, Mark. Um, it's an interesting one for sure. I mean, like especially really diving into the um, 
the fly fishing community, especially online with uh, either Stillwater or um, Instagram, the community is really small, but it's it's very intricate, and you know you you, you see a lot of the same names pop up over and over again, and uh, it's been it's been great. Like you know, I enjoy uh, interacting with as many people as possible, um, and I hope that people that I interact with feel the same way. But it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. As for you know things I would change, I don't think there's there's too much that I've noticed that's, uh, that's changed. I mean, I would love to know more secret spots, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think I don't want to share mine and I know people don't want to share theirs, but <laughs> yeah. secret spots for that's sure. It's dangerous. Yeah. Um, but even, even saying that, like the amount of knowledge that's, that gets passed around. And I mean, when, when I go fly fishing and I'm sitting at a lake and I, you know, you see a, a truck and camper, a guy roll up in his truck and, and he's asking questions and, Hey, how do you get to this lake? Or what do you heard about this? I, I will definitely share what I know because, because you're there, you know, you know what I mean, Mark? Yeah. You put it, he's putting in the work to get there. He's putting in the work. He's there. Um, if you have any questions, like by all means, like let's, let's talk about it. And Hey, where have you fished this lake or in the area? Or, and, uh, those are some of the best conversations that you have. And, um, it's a, it's a, it's a lot more fun when you're there talking to people as opposed to, um, online sharing directions, you know, if, if you kind of, I do, I don't know why that is, but I a hundred percent agree. It's just more, it's more authentic. I think even with flies that you're using, right? Like I don't, <laughs> there's nothing holding me back saying that this was, I'm not one of those guys who's like, Oh yeah, the, the purple, uh, <laughs> the, the velvet, the velvet clink hammer, <laughs> the velvet clink hammer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if, we're doing a lot of good things. So I think that's something that we should all, you know, be proud of as, as anglers, um, you know, paying for your fishing license and respecting your campsite and respecting, uh, um, fishing etiquette in general and, and, uh, you know, making sure that you leave without a trace and, uh, keep fish wet. I think that's a, that's another very important one. You see a lot of, um, in the social media world that world that we, that we live in now, um, right a lot of photos right a lot of a lot of photos a lot of fish spent um with time spent out of the water and you know you want to keep the fish wet as possible and you know make sure that you're respecting the the fish and the wildlife and the and the nature so yeah well well said do you have any any blogs you're working on over the winter months that you can kind of give us a sneak peek of what we might look for like uh keep them wet or Soft tackles yeah, um, or whatever. We'll be doing a lot of a lot of stuff coming off for ice off here. Um, I'd like to do like some like, like an ice off kind of special and and what flies you should be using for that and different retrieve methods and um, so that should be that should be pretty fun. We're like I said earlier, we're we're planning that trip to the caribou, so we're gonna we'll do a blog post of what you know what we do to plan a trip and um, you know definitely love to hear what what other people do and. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into, uh, planning trips and, uh, the different processes that we use would be a great tool to, to share with other anglers. And it'll also help out spread fishing pressure, Yeah, right? You don't, you don't get a, all the people fishing in the same area and maybe you get more people, uh, exploring. So, yeah, I like it. Good stuff. It, I think something too, that a lot of people don't realize is a lot of us do this not for money, but for fun. Mm-hmm. It's a passion, right? So 
Um, I want to thank you for putting all the time that you do into blogging and putting the story out there because it, it does take time. But I think that um, when it comes from a good place, it's coming from a place of passion and it's a sharing thing. And I think um, thanks for, for doing what you're doing with Broken Tippet. I think it's pretty cool. And I, I like the train you guys are on. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Mark. It's uh, it's it's been a fun ride for sure, and you know we we definitely appreciate everything that that everyone does, and the the relationships and the friendships that we've uh, that we've come across throughout throughout the year here, and you know yourself yourself is included on that on that list for sure. Well, well, why don't you uh, let us know where we can find your products at? So, Broken Tippet, if you're looking to um, read the blog, uh, support them online, check out the shop where's throw out all your social media out there for us brandon yeah absolutely um so instagram we're just at broken tippet um our website is broken com, and i'd also like to throw on a little um discount for for any of the listeners if that's okay with you mark yeah yeah give her yeah so if, if anyone uh wants to purchase anything on our store at broken com, uh type in fly fishing 97 as a discount code to uh to get 15 percent off any any store item beauty I, no i appreciate that so instagram what about facebook are you guys on facebook yeah facebook as well broken tippet yeah. and uh and youtube we have a youtube channel with uh with fly tying videos and some uh reviews on on fly fishing products and accessories love it and uh yeah yeah and a lot of a lot of exciting things to come down the pipeline and um, you know, Cam and I have a pretty big, uh, pretty big dream that we talk about with this and, um, it's just feeling that, feeling that fire for, for our fly fishing pattern, uh, passion. So it's, it's been pretty cool. I love it. Keep up the good work. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. We've been chatting with Brandon King himself and Cam Wood have broken tippet, broken tippet.com. Check them out. Uh, they are in uh, British Columbia, Canada, um, chasing all kinds of fins and the cam is in Alberta. So he's chasing things on the still water too. So look these guys up, uh, and then we'll read about the Copperhead road pattern, uh, at some point in some fancy magazine. Um, Brandon, have yourself a great night, man. Thanks, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.